digitized live in our smallish studio, 1B in Cape Coral, Florida. It is the all-new, the all-live Waterman and D-Train show. That's right. I'm D-Train. Waterman gets top billing, so here Woo! he is, Dave the Waterman. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the What's in Your Head you know, I just realized I got three podcasts that have the start with the word, the letter, the letter W. This episode of the Sesame Street brought to you by the letter W. This is the What's in Your Head podcast. We have the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast and the Waterman and D-Train show podcast. But this podcast is a treat for you, the patrons, those of you who support the show. This is behind the paywall, as they say. And joining us is Gordon and we just did some finagling on his mic and now five years six months into it we are changing things up again it's so new so fresh that we don't even have a theme song yet uh the what's in your head podcast will remain the title of the show um Gordon reached out to me last week the week before and said hey I got a lot of things going on at work and a lot of things going on in life and I need to step away from the show for a while probably good two or three months maybe a little longer i'm not sure when i'm ready to come back i'll come back and at this point we've been doing this show for five years and six months this show has to be a passion project and something that you have the availability to do and when someone has life coming along and other issues they got to take care of and they have to step away don't i can't blame them you know it's just this is a hobby this is a passion thing and you know if you you know, life gets in the way, or more importantly, a busy work schedule. And to be fair to him, it's 9.30 Eastern time, but for Gordon, he records this. He's three hours behind. So it's like 5.45, 6 o'clock. So he basically has to rush home and hop on the on the show. And so now that his work's busy, he's like at work right now. And so Gordon will be back in a couple months. Mike is still with us. We're going to change up the format of the show a little bit. But um, I just wanted to kind of share the progress of how this show has come to be and gone over in years and if i was a better producer and a better show host i would have all kind of nice clips from the last five and a half years but to be honest with you i'm just too goddamn busy anyhow mike how are you doing fella oh you know it's a wonderful wonderful wednesday night how are you doing tonight good 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 you know i was thinking i'm gonna cut an intro this weekend and i think i'm just gonna make the what's in your head podcast with your host don and mike we'll just drop the last name shorten it sweeten it and just streamline I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to streamline. Easy peasy. Yeah. Everything all the way around. We're going to open up the show, kind of bitch, and then we're going to try to stick to one topic for that episode and uh, see how it plays out. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Something that uh, might pique the interest if uh, maybe a listener doesn't particularly care about this topic that we talk about on this show. Maybe they will on the next show or vice versa and so on and so forth. Versa Visa. That's right. Tomato, tomato. Ah, fuck. Let's potato. just call the whole thing off. Potato, potato. So tonight we're going to get into the idealism behind me. Actually, no. There's it, It's actually interesting. There's two different versions. There's me against the world. But no, we're going to talk about the universe is out to get me. Damn universe. And if we delve deep into this, I, I was kind of thinking there's two schools into the thought of the universe is out to get me, but I figure we will kind of give two examples of how the universe is out to get to us. And then maybe, because I don't know your story, you don't know mine, perhaps 
my story will fall in line with one example, and perhaps your story will align with my other idea for another version of this, and we'll see if we can kind of figure this whole thing out. <clears throat> and I got like a, a fresh plate of pizza, but you can't eat while we're doing audio, so it's just going to settle right here. Maybe as you're talking, I'll mute my mic and shove pizza down my fat gullet. Outstanding. So the reason I got this idea for this week is I've had one of those weeks. Um, you guys know we had a hurricane back in September, damn near a year ago. We did? Yep. Got my roof fixed finally um, back in April, we dropped the Volkswagen off at the repair shop. I talked about that at length last week. And then the truck went in. They had the Volkswagen for 56 days and then the truck for like 38. So there was some overlap there with our 30-day car rentals. And so there was a period of about 10 days where we only had one car. We had to carpool. The one car was not a truck, so that meant no kayak fishing. And um, it really kind of put a hinder on how everything works so we were excited nay ecstatic when the um repair shop and i'm not going to say the name of the repair shop and you'll find out why soon. the repair shop called me and said hey the uh, truck is done it's been done since tuesday the insurance company finally authorized payment on the additional work come get the bad boy and now it's friday i'm at work but i actually was scheduled to do a job in naples where i had to install some new network equipment and the car repair shop was in a location in between Cape Coral and Naples. We'll just leave it at that. And it was on the way. And so I thought, okay, I'll drop. I got to get the key for the truck because they close at 5. I mean, there's no way I'm going to be here at 5. So I'm going to go pay for my truck, get the key to the truck, leave the Volkswagen there, take the truck down to the Naples gig because now I have access to my toolbox and there's tools in there that I could use for this job. Now, prior to this, I had noticed on the Volkswagen after we got it back that there was a spot of oxidation on the hood where they missed it with the blending. Cause when you get a car repaired, they don't paint the entire car. They paint the, the damaged spots that the insurance is going to cover, but then they, they blend in the paint. So there's not a line of demarcation from the old paint to the new paint. They try to make it blend as best as they could. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, um, you know, I think you guys missed the spot when you blended this. And they came and looked at it. He saw it yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to take my truck and go do this job, and I'll come back and pick my car up later tonight. He's like, well, you're leaving your car here? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, give me the keys, and we'll just buff it out, and then you can come get it later. Okay, perfect. So I left him the key. Get in my truck. Actually, I look at the outside of the truck, make sure I don't have any unblended spots. The outside of the truck was immaculate. Sweet. Perfect perfect got my truck back it looks better than when i actually bought it because my body actually had a dinner or two in it because i bought it used trucks never look better climb in fired up gas is on empty okay well <laughs> good thing can pull out the google phone there's a gas mile 0.3 okay it's around the block and i uh, drive to the gas station and i cast my eyes over to the driver's side and on the a pillar cover that's the bar that goes horizontally from your roof well, kind of diagonally down to your dashboard that your windshield mm. connects to. Yep. And there's a big black blob. A big black blob that bleeds blood. No, what's that? The big black bug that eats blood? Nah, anyhow. There's a big black blob on my A-pillar cover, and I'm like, what's that? I, I do the old grandma. Remember how your grandma used to clean your face? She'd lick her thumb and then oh, yeah. come back the for a schmear. second. Come back for the second dip. The old schmear. That kind of shows you the difference between our grandparents' generation and Seinfeld's generation when they did an entire episode on double dipping. Your grandma would lick her finger, wipe the shit off your face, and then go back for a second lick. 
because they had what doctors called an immune system. <laughs> so anyhow, I, 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 I rub it and I smell it. I'm like, that smells like grease. Like mm. wheel bearing grease or lube gun grease. It wasn't red, it was black. Or like, kind of like the smell, like if, if you ever had to fix your kid's bike chain or more importantly, when your chain popped off as a kid, we all had to learn. I don't know if young kids know this, but like Gen X, early millennials, we had to learn the whole thing of you pick your back tire up, you put the chain halfway in the sprocket, you rotate it, and it, <laughs> it puts back on. But you'd always get the black shit on your hands, and it was grease. Sure. I'm like, well, what the hell is that? And as I look, the sunlight's hitting the A-pillar cover just right. And you can see the tips of three fingers, grease, fingerprints, but it was in a way that the person had to grab the A-pillar cover from behind. The fingers were wrapping around from behind, as if a monster's coming out of my, my A-pillar cover. I was like, okay, well, clearly when they replaced my windshield, because that was one of the things that had to be replaced, um, on the Toyota I have the automatic distance detection for the cruise control so the truck automatically slows down when the asshole in front of you slows down and then speeds back mm -hmm. up. So there's an entire instrument cluster attached to my windshield behind the rearview mirror. So I guess they had to take the headliner down to disconnect all that crap before popping the windshield out. Sure. And so I'm like, well, whoever put the A-pillar cover on just clearly... Didn't, I don't even know. Just greasy-ass hands. Not sure why that guy would be working in the interior department, but whatever. So I do what everybody does. I called my brother to complain. <laughs> and he said, man, just wipe it off. It ain't worth the hassle. It's not worth to drive it back up there when they're open because they're closed at this point. Well, actually, you're on your way to work. By the time you get back, they'll be closed. Sure. I said, I said, yeah, you're, you're probably right. It's not worth the hassle. I'll just get some Windex and suck it up. And so I get some gas. Now, the, for some reason, the passenger seat seat belt was fastened. Okay. As if for some reason there was something heavy in there and it was setting off the seatbelt alarm and they got annoyed. Don't know. But sure. since the seatbelt was fastened, that meant the seatbelt wasn't vertical and I could see the seatbelt cover. <clears throat> Big old mm -hmm. black grease scub on there. Like, what the fuck? So I get to looking around, and the dome light's on on the passenger side. Keep in mind, my car has been done since Tuesday. It is now Friday. So my dome light has been on for three days. I don't know how. Maybe they had to jump my battery. I don't know. don't know how my car even started, but it did. And I noticed around the dome light, there's more grease. And I get to looking around, and I see little grease spots all on my headliner. And on the top right. of the passenger sun visor and so i flip it down and much like freddy krueger had did the interior there's four big greasy long finger stripes down the material that makes up my sun visor outstanding i'm like what kind of hack job is this this yeah. isn't some mom and pop this is a national chain repair shop mm -hmm. so i get my gas and i gotta be on my way so i'm on the interstate and i got my phone hooked up to the radio and i call the place up and i Talk to guy. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell is going on, but your interior guy looked like he just got done changing someone's oil and then decided to work on my car. It's a goddamn shit show. Okay, we'll, we'll fix it. Our bad. Yeah, you'll fix it. Hang up the phone. I'm on the interstate. I'm heading down Naples. I'm in the fast lane. There's a semi in the middle lane. Kicks up a rock. Hits my brand new windshield and breaks it. 
Oh. The brand new windshield that was replaced, which was the result of the grease fingering in my car. I've been in possession of my car for 15 and a half minutes at this point, and my brand new windshields. It hit it right next to the passenger side pillar, and it started to crack. Since then, it's already grown like seven inches. Damn. I I can't do this. (laughs) And through this whole process, when we first dropped off the Volkswagen, the rental car place gave us a car that was a smoking car and the chemicals. It gave us headaches, so we had to arrange get another car, and we had that car for 30 days, and then the hassle of getting a truck for my rental car, turning the other rental car back, and then not having a car for 10 days, me and Carrie carpooling, all the trips before back to the location, which is 33 miles away from dropping off cars, picking up cars. I'm just like, ah. Oh. And all the other crap I have going on in my life, I'm like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Mm-hmm. Why me? And so this is Friday. I go home and I feel a very tired, very exhausted at my wits end video about the hackery that this me- this mechanic pulled. And then I go inside. I throw my hands in the air. I said, fuck it. Nothing I can do about it now. They're closed. So Monday rolls around. I go to work. I call this place. I said, hey, can I get the email address of your shop's manager? And, you know, the, I first asked, I said, are you guys corporate or franchise? Well, it's, it's, it's locally owned, but okay, so you're a franchise. I said, can I get whoever's in charge over there's email? Sure. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I just got my car back on Friday. I just shot this video. You guys are going to want to see it. I said, the paint job was immaculate. The dent repair. I said, but it was the interior. The interior. It was chef's kiss. I said, trust me. Your, your boss is going to want to see this. There's going to be attaboys for everybody. Pizza party. Raises all around. They're going to, you guys are going to be blown away by how happy I am. Oh, sure. Here's her email. Here's his email. Shoot the video off to him. It's on YouTube. It's private because I'm not trying to blow these people up yet. I just want my car fixed. So I was like at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., they roll around. Oh, this is not the kind of work we blah, 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 blah. I noticed in the video you said you don't want anybody at our shop to touch your car. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call the Cape Coral location. Now, for those of you playing home, I took this to the far away location because they have better reviews on the Internet. That'll alert me. Mm-hmm. So they sent, they paid and sent a tow truck to come get my truck, take it over to the Cape Coral location, then I had to catch an Uber at lunch, go back to the local car place to get a rental car that they're paying for. Now I'm on my fucking one, two, three, fourth rental car in 60 days. That's it, fine. I'm, I'm pissed off, but I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Carrie calls me. Yep. So I was going to leave the house to go take Sariana to the dentist appointment, and the Volkswagen has a flat tire. And at this point, I'm like, why is the universe, why are the automotive gods dumping their tool bag upon me? What have I done? I've done nothing wrong. I, I researched a place. I did all the insurance. The insurance people paid. I've gone through this whole harassment. I get my car. My windshield's broken by no no actions of my own. Just a happenstance of a pebble being stuck in a semi-truck tire and throwing it and hit my windshield. And then the Volkswagen gets a flat tire. And I'm just like, you can't win. But why? What is that? What is it that makes all that crap compile? And, and you're just like, uh, if it wasn't for luck, bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. 
I think a lot of people believe it's karma. A lot well, what of people, did I do? I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's me. I'm just saying a lot of people would probably comment on that and say, oh, that's your karma coming around to bite you in the ass or something like that. Me? I've always believed that bad things happen in threes, man. Well, tell your story, and we'll see whose story <laughs> lines up with my two versions of the universe is out to get me. My story has to do with uh, work. Now, I'm not going to name names or mention where I work or anything like that for obvious reasons. Or for all people know, this could be in a job you worked 10 years ago. Right. I am a plumbing manager at a local service company. And I just started uh, in the office about three weeks ago. And things around there tend to run... I don't want to say anything negative, you know, to, to, to jeopardize my situation or anything like that, but a lot of the other people that work there don't have the plumbing knowledge that I do, hence why they hired me to be what I am. So a lot of things get missed when parts get ordered or things like that, and they end up out at the customer's house they get installed they're wrong whatever so like like i said i just started in this position well i just started in the office three weeks ago four let me see let's see about a month ago we had a customer up in charlotte county that had a water heater go bad so we went out we diagnosed it simple water heater goes bad a coil goes bad or is this the worst case scenario where the damn thing launches through the roof of their house this is a gas water heater and there's two different kinds of gases that you can use to heat a water tank propane and methane natural gas and LP um so we ordered up the heater, the, the tech went out, ordered up the heater, we get the heater in, we install it. About three weeks later, the customer calls us, hey, my heater stopped working. Okay. So we went out, we checked it out, and we figured out that we ordered a natural gas water heater to be installed on a propane system. Now, propane and pro. Now let me get. I don't know the first thing about these two systems, but I'm guessing they have two different burning temperatures. Essentially, um, the orifices between giggity propane, giggity the, the um, between natural gas and propane are different sizes, so the uh, gas that's being pushed through it. Uh, propane, I believe, has to have a smaller diameter opening to force it through a lot better. Um, I, I I can't think of all the logistics of it right now, but um, so anyway, so we installed this heater. Customer called, said, "Hey, I, it went out. I don't know what's going on." We went out to take a look at it, and we realized, okay, well, it's not 
in, it's the incorrect gas type. All right, what are we going to do? Well, let's order up a new heater. Okay. So we order up a heater. And we decided, let's hang on to the one that we installed, because it is brand new. Good call. So they pulled it out. I told them, carefully, pull the heater, bring it to the shop, let it sit. Drain it out. I'll go over it, and we'll see what we can do with it. So we get customer A up and running, up in Charlotte County. Hunky-dory. No big deal. Originally, we were going to go with a natural gas to propane conversion kit, because those do exist. And unfortunately, for this particular water heater, it was not available. Surprise, surprise. So, we didn't order that. We got them the correct heater. They brought the old heater back, and they said, hey, Mike, you know, why don't you take a look at this? Maybe we can resell it as a scratch and dent or something like that. Sure. So I go and take a look at it. Some minor sooting in, around, in and around, you know, the vent area. So I'm looking at it, and, you know, it's got a, a scratch on it. How would it have so it. much soot if it was only in the field for two hours when you realized you couldn't use it? It was, it was in the field for three weeks. Uh-huh. It was installed so three for three weeks, weeks to realize it didn't have hot water? Or was it no. inconsistent hot water? It, it was functioning normally. That's the thing, you know, with, with different gas types, it'll work until eventually it just stops mm-hmm. because of buildup or, or, you know. Because it's not burning the propane not, or whatever, the, burn, the fluid not, at the right temperature. Exactly, exactly. So it had been installed for three weeks. We brought it back to the shop. It sat for a week because I wasn't able to get around to looking at it right away. So I looked at it. Everything was fine. I checked, you know, just to make sure, just kind of gave it a visual inspection and, 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 you know, looked everything over. And it, aside from one scratch on it, which was about an inch tall, half inch wide, and it was dented in a little bit from where they had removed the original piping, mm-hmm. it was fine. It was clean. I wiped it down from all the sweat bead marks and everything from... Kind of like the inside um, of my truck. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, I know. So I, I, I can picture it. Yeah. So I wiped it down, and uh, my boss comes to me, and he's like, hey, you know, he knew that we had this heater. He knew that it came back, and he was like, well, I have a customer here that actually wants oh a new heater. And, you know, is this going to match up, all that stuff? And I was like, yeah, this will work perfectly. Oh, boy. Okay. So I get on the phone with the customer. <clears throat> Mind you, she's not happy about the price to begin with. I'm not going to say what the price is or what you know we gave the scratch and dent to her for, but it was a significant discount between brand new and the scratch and dent. But she still wasn't happy with the new lower price. Right. Because inflation. Right. So, and, and her I guess her biggest bitch was that it was like, you know, well, and she was going over the numbers with me and she was like, well, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, I can, I can have somebody do this for, you know, just throwing a number out there, like a thousand dollars or something like that. I'm like, "Mm, no, no, you can't. There's no way. Yeah. The unit itself. You're not, you're okay. So you're going to buy the heater and then you're going to pay Jimbo from down the street, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple hundred bucks or something like that. 
in in time and labor to install it. But and, once again, this isn't just a normal off the shelf plug into <clears throat> water valves this is, and plug it in the wall. This is a propane and or natural gas heater that requires some plumbing to be done. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. So, you know, she's, she was going back and forth about the price with me, and I, I, I finally told her, you know, I was like, this, this is the price. This is what I can do this for. And she was like, well, this price doesn't seem you know this this is closer to what i would think it would be but it's not a brand new heater so i still think it's too high i was like well you can either pay this or you can pay this for you a brand can get new with one. this so you can get with that that's right so we agreed we set up the call uh we gathered all the parts together we sent out one of the technicians wrapped it up in bubble wrap that's right got it out there he was out there for, I think, two and a half hours installing it because, um, I believe this is correct, by code, those heaters have to be up on a pad Okay. at, at so many feet off the ground. Feet? Hmm? Feet? Feet. Wow. Yes. Yeah, like two and a half feet. How tall are these units? Because if it's a normal size water heater, I think there's only so much room between your floor and your ceiling. Your so to put it into perspective, your water heater is a fifty-gallon medium, which means which it's is a little, about four and a half feet tall, maybe right, five. Which, so it's a little shorter, but it's a little fatter. Mm-hmm. This a... this would is a fifty, um, I guess you call it a fifty tall or a fifty regular, which is, you know, about another eight to twelve inches taller, and it's a lot skinnier. So. Just your run-of-the-mill, typical normal water heater size. So he gets it up there, gets everything installed, gets everything ready to go. And, you know, I don't know anything that's going on at this point. All, All I know is that I got a phone call, you know, like two or two, two or three hours later about the problem. There's always a problem. Tech fills it up. Gets everything going. Goes to light up the gas. Got the pilot lit. Turned the burner on. And as soon as the burner plate ignited, black soot just blew (laughs) out of the inside. It's like Uncle Buck's Buick. Yeah. Out of the inside of the vent. And now is this unit in her garage or her utility room? In her garage. Luckily. Eh, Could be worse. But next to the AC handler, which is now sucking that shit blown in her house. Um, she has a Mercedes in the garage. White. No, it was black. No, well that's good. That was the lucky part. Had a Mercedes in the garage. She has all kinds of like expensive shelving. Oh, good. You know, for extra storage in the Some, garage. She's got her mink collection. Probably, <laughs> yeah, she probably got about fifty different bins with white lids. Yep, that's good. In the garage. Oh yeah. All of her workout equipment is out there. Oh, the Peloton. Her, yep. Her TV, her extra refrigerator, all this stuff. So it blows soot all over the inside of her garage, and not like chunks microscopic like the overspray from the neighboring paint shop that gets that shit all over your car because they decide to rush a car and paint it in the parking lot correct so 
for those of you who don't know about sooting mm -hmm. or fireplaces or gas fixtures or anything of that type, soot is a byproduct of gas um, expulsion or, 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 or burned fuel. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's a common occurrence. However, there's usually scrubbers in place, right? Because the two the the that particular heater was installed with the incorrect gas type, it sooted excessively uh, inside the burner, um, uh, inside the burner casing and inside of the vent. So inside. what you're saying is this just got very expensive. Yeah. So I get the phone call. She's not happy. Obviously, I can imagine that. My technician is covered from head to toe <laughs> in streaks. In street, yeah, exactly like that. Because I saw him afterwards, and I mean, he was just—it was—he was covered. And uh, so we're going back and forth about this. So then I, I go into. So is this step number two? Because you said you believe things happen in three. What step are we on now? So the first one is the, the first customer, so you're stuck with this device. Yep. Now you sell it to a customer and it blows up. Is that step two or is that step three? That would be step two, yeah. Okay, so what's the third what what's the third shoelace that fell out of this shoe? The third shoelace would be the fact that I had to go out there personally, <sighs> deal with the customer face to face. I got thrown under the bus about a situation that i won't mention did you ever see the lion king of course there's a very very important lesson to be learned in the lion king that most people overlook and i think scar says it to one of the hyenas or to the lion the little lion he said the first rule of management everything is your fault <laughs> and that rule smacked you in the face today Yep. So while I was out there, you know, she was very nice and wasn't like, you know, initially she was pissed. But then once I got out there and was trying to assess the situation and all that stuff, she was kind of, you know, still upset, but not wasn't in full blown care mode. Yeah. So but now, you know, we were able to calm her down about Just the smack. heater situation. Yeah. Settle down, woman. Right. We were able to calm her down about the heater situation. So now she's concerned about her safety. Oh. Understandably so. Never dealing with this situation before. You don't know what to expect. Things like that. So we put a carbon monoxide detector in her garage. I went out, assessed the situation, pulled the, the water heater apart, and found out it's just it's it's toast. There's no way. So part of my third shoelace would be having to report back to the office and say we got to source another this heater shot we're three heaters in and what's one, the one and a half have only been paid for and you can't even try to get a warranty claim on that nope 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 i i actually I didn't try, but I was just curious as to what they would say. Mm -hmm. So I called the manufacturer on it, and I was like, hey, hypothetically, if my buddy bought a water heater and then 
a month later he wanted to upgrade and he sold me his water heater is it still under warranty nope, nope absolutely not as soon as it leaves that yep. address which i kind of figured that but i just wanted to make sure but uh yeah so so the two versions of the universe is out to get me yep is one kind of what you and i experienced i guess one could go through the time fine tooth comb and and suggest that you know some oversight here and there about checking the version of the first one that you're replacing to make sure that you know whatever the gas hookup is what exact type yeah and then you have my situation where it was completely nothing i did it was just somebody fucked your truck somebody broke your window oh and by the way to follow your suit step two and three in my adventure got home the window trim on the outside of my door below my window the clip was broken it looked like somebody took a lighter and squeezed it back in the hole and put a little super glue on it <laughs> and it popped out that's how i discovered it and step number three my insurance does not do free non deductible window repairs so that means i just paid my deductible to have my car painted and windshield replaced two weeks before that i just paid the same amount deductible to have the volkswagen and now the new windshield is five dollars less than my deductible so i'm sure. going to be out another of the exact same amount and i'll just like and the, and the cracks are spread. But there's yeah. two types of the universe is out to get me. Well, and the the thing about my story was is like this situation just got thrown into my lap. Yep. Here's I your have, turn. I have I have no experience with this or or you know you know I've dealt with customers and stuff like that, but you know I was a manager years ago for a little bit, but you know this is kind of a new process for me, so it was like this just gets thrown on me and then I just got to try and take it and run with it as best as I can. And so, <laughs> so it's just a huge slap in the face. The two versions week. is one kind of what you and I dealt with where yeah. literally it was just the universe is literally just shitting on you. Yeah. And then there's a version where there's a lot of bad life choices mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, lifestyles that fall in line that result in what a person believes to be just unequivocal uncontrollable bad luck what was me and yeah. i've been there a majority of us unless you were born into generational wealth most of us adults at least in our generation i don't know about the new ones because they're all still living home in their 30s we all left the house at 18 one way shape and or form we found roommates i my buddy frog had five dudes living in a two-bedroom townhouse one guy was had a sleeping bag and utility closet right next to the AC handler. I mean, just you you would do what you had to do to get that rent money put together. Yeah, I I got married and had a kid at nineteen. So that, and that's so, my version of that story. And so a lot of times when you're poor, um, you often make less than responsible decisions with some of your money to help dull the pain of life. Sure. And so maybe instead of paying for the car insurance, you decide to go out and 
I don't know, whatever, buy an Xbox or whatever, buy three cases of beer and have a party. And so in cases like that where you're just, you know, you got the piece of shit car, it's not running right, and then you get in an accident, you have no insurance, the car gets impounded. Well, that was a result of you decide not to pay your insurance because you decided the case of beer or the Xbox was more important. So those two things are life choices. And it's interesting when you look at that aspect of that version of the universe is out to get me how it's like once you've gotten past that point in your own life and you're hearing other people complain about those types of situations, you're like, well, it's a result of life choices. Well, but it's I funny it's... when you're on that side, you, you don't see that. You, I don't know if it's you don't want to look in the mirror and realize, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I get paid X amount a month, um, a week, and I'm spending... 60% of my paycheck on entertainment items and less on my my responsibilities. But a lot well, of times that's what it comes down to. Well, and, I, and on that subject, I think, you know, I think there's a cutoff. I think around, and, and everybody's life is different, so I mean, you know, it's, it's not going to be universal to everybody. Sure. I think in generality, 27 or 28, you finally kind of, grow out of that a little bit yeah, it was like Again. 33 for me <laughs> hey not everybody not everybody you know does it like that yeah but i can remember you know my first house you know with my girlfriend at the time you know it was like my rent was cheap i didn't make a whole lot of money but you know my rent was still cheap i i didn't have a car payment at the time i had a beater I still had to pay insurance on it. You know, I had, to, I had all these bills and stuff, and it was like the first time in my life where reality and adulthood kind of set in and making the choice between wanting to party all night long and have fun and spend my money on other bullshit mm-hmm. was more important than paying my bills. <laughs> so what was the result of that? I lost my fucking house. <laughs> I and got so why me? If it wasn't yeah. for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. The universe right. was out to get me. And it was that situation where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is bullshit. You know, this, you know, and, and you, you get that, like, you're in that mentality, I think, where you're just like fucking, you know, fuck the world, the world, yep. everybody's out to get me. And, and, you know, why me? And, and, and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, no. I was stupid enough that I didn't pay my fucking rent. <laughs> so I got kicked out. Duh, stupid. And then on yeah. the other hand, it's, it's weird to try to think cosmically. Like the amount of things that had to happen by multiple different people, almost like the butterfly effect, to get to the point where what happened to me is like, okay, this guy either had a bad day, didn't care, but the problem is you're not a barista, so your bad day doesn't cost a $7 coffee. You just destroyed the interior of even even all these years later with the current prices of cars probably truck it with blue book around forty five thousand dollars you completely destroyed it you're 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 in property damage land here your bad day resulted in property damage yeah and then that same person that that happened to then have their window cracked i've been driving since i was 15 and all these times i've only had one windshield cracked by a rock to the point where it needed to be replaced, which I never did. And then obviously the second time then, so in all my years, I've only had 
a windshield get a crack that didn't need to be replaced, and then a windshield that needed to be replaced due to hurricane damage. How can I go 24 years without driving, mind you? I drove from Ohio to Kentucky every other week and I see my mom. I drove from Ohio to California and back and then drove from Ohio to California to live and then drove from California to Florida and then drove on the roads for 18 years, eight hours a day, and never had a cracked windshield. But 15 fucking minutes after having my windshield replaced... I get a rock through my window. It's like, well, it's like, how does that cosmically happen? It just, well, it, it doesn't make sense. Funny enough, I've got kind of a little bit of a side story about this same situation that you're in right now. Because as long as I've been driving in every vehicle that I've ever owned, um, with, with the exception of, say, an accident, Mm-hmm. Because I did roll a, a car one time, and of course the windshield busted, and you know whatever. But now, was that an I, accident, or was that a result of life choices? Um, <laughs> I'll call it a little bit of both. Um, it was just just to kind of a little side shoot here. My pregnant fiance at the time. Needed some pickles in, and ice cream. We got you. It, yeah. No, she ended up in the hospital. <laughs> okay. She she had to get taken there by uh, an ambulance or a co- co-worker or something like that. So you were driving post-haste to get to the hospital. I got you. In the mountains, yeah. And then you so flipped, I, and then you both <clears throat> ended up in the hospital. Yep. The world's so, up to get you. Yep. So, yeah, b- between, you know, I, again, a little bit of both, I think, because it's like, why the fuck did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably should have been doing 45 and a 25, so. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Especially if the um, sharp corner sign says 15 mile an hour. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing 30. Well, interesting enough, in- when I took driver's ed, the guy told me you can double the speed limit on those turns and go through it safely. See, yeah. you could, if you're doing 30, you'd have been straight. But no, you're doing yeah. 45 and flipped it. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, up in those areas, there's so many damn curves and, and mm-hmm. you know, round the mountains and everything yeah. like that. Soft there's shoulders. Not enough, there's not enough fucking signs. Yeah. But, um, Every vehicle that I've ever owned never busted a windshield, never broke a window, nothing. I've I've had a rock bounce off the windshield, but I've had huge ones. It sounds like a shotgun going off here, and yeah. not even so much. The, this was just a little tiny pebble. Yep. And and imagine this on all my shit boxes, all of the older vehicles that I owned that I paid cash for that were just beaters mm-hmm. or you know just trying to keep them running, right? The week after I bought my brand new Nissan, yep, chipping the fucking windshield, yep, going down seventy five. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, brand on. new off the lot. That th- I bought it with twenty six miles on it. Wow, that sucks. I had by the time that happened, probably eighty to a hundred. I'm going down 75 doing something. I think I was going down to Naples or something like that. Same situation on fucking 75 and just ping. And I see the little chip right there and it's right in front of me. So every time I drive, I see it like, fuck. It's interesting though, how like a lot of the, the life choice based stuff clears up when you just get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Well, I, I used to let so hard. I used to let my emotions 
get the best of me. Sometimes I still do. Mm-hmm. Understandable. And I mean, everybody I think does when certain situations arise, but you know, now it's now, you know, older looking back situation. It's like, why? Yeah. Why did I, why, you know, why would I be so pissed about that situation? You know, I, I look back on it and I go, well, I got through it. Well, see, that's I, a crazy I thing. I figured it out. Because much like you, every car I've owned up until I bought my first new off-the-lot new car at 36 were pieces of shit. Yeah. And my mom's cars were pieces. I come from, Gordon's cars were all shit. We come from a long line of shitty cars. Sure. And uh, particularly if you grew up in the 80s and 90s with family members who were driving cars from the 70s and 80s because they all sucked, but they're all affordable. A lot of Ford Escorts and uh, Chevettes in my my lineage <laughs> you learn at an early age if i get pissed off every time i have car problems i'm going to spend a majority of my life pissed off and yep. so I, I took that to, to heart a few years back and so like i said when i first got in the grease okay i'll wipe it off another grease okay i'll make a phone call <laughs> and then the windshield gets broke i'm just like Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> and then two days later, oh, got a flat tire. And it's like, okay, knock it off. So now I got to come home, cancel a podcast because the it's in my driveway. Yeah. And then I got oh, oh, so oh, wait a minute, my car's on the driveway. It's on an incline. The last time I used a factory jack on an incline was on my. 2003 Chevy Fleet van, the thing tacoed, and the thing damn near landed on me. So I don't like to use factory <laughs> jacks in the driveway. I have a two-ton floor jack. Sure. Oh, wait a minute. I think I'll let my dad borrow the two-ton floor jack. Call my dad. <laughs> so I'm not at home yet. I'm, I'm just planning ahead. Hey, do you got the floor jack? Yeah, it's not the trailer, the one that got flooded out by the hurricane. Yeah. Okay, so that's 30 miles away. I call my buddy Zach, who's on the way to my house. Hey, do you got a floor jack I can borrow? Carrie's got a flat tire. Yeah, okay. So I call Carrie, text Carrie, hey, I'm going to stop at Zach's bar. The floor jack, come home, change your tire. Well, you better hurry up because the service tech's supposed to be here. We got somebody coming out to work on our house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I text Zach, I will be by later. To get the floor jack, I have to be home before this guy gets here because i got to unlock my side fences and I'm the only one with the keys and yada, yada, yada. Okay, fine, whatever. So I drove home, past Zach's house. Bye, Zach. He lives on the way to my house. Come home. It's now 5 o'clock. Sit down to bed. 5.30. 5.45. I put a phone call in. Ringy dingy. Yeah, um, this guy's supposed to come out and do a follow-up thing that he was out here did last week. Um, he's coming out. Let me look. I don't have you on the calendar. Well, I just signed up for a new service. You guys are supposed to come out a few times this month. No, don't have him coming out until July. <laughs> okay, I have to go. I will uh, call. Can you have the salesperson who... Showed up at my house on Saturday on a fucking uh, Vespa. Call what? me tomorrow. Well, a uh, Segway, but whatever. 
Okay, do never call me. So now I go back into my truck, drive all halfway back to work, stop at Zach's house, get his floor jack. So now it's 6.30-ish. I have to stop. The, I got to stop on the way back home before I can go back home and change the tire. I got to stop and get cat litter and cat food because <laughs> Carrie can't because the car has a flat tire. Cat don't have any food. Litter box stinks. So I come home. Keep in mind, the universe is against me. I come home, get the jack out of the box, go ahead and loosen up the lugs, get all the stuff out of the trunk, find the lift point on the car so it doesn't cause any damage, start loosening the lugs. Fun fact for you young kids, you loosen the lugs before you lift the car, otherwise the tires won't spin and you won't be able to loosen the lugs. So always loosen the lugs before you lift the car off the ground. And this is your tech tip of the week. From a computer guy. <laughs> As I use the hydraulic floor jack to lift the very light Volkswagen up, just when I get it high enough that I uh, take the lugs off and the tire's kind of stuck on there, you know, sometimes you got to give it a kick. And I put some 15-pound octagon weights under the front tire to keep it from rolling. It's secure. I look over, and I see liquid coming out of the floor jack. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm thinking, my truck is back at the... My, I just got my truck home. just had the windshield replaced. It got broken before I got home on Friday. Carrie's got a... Oh, and I come home to a flat tire. No, this yeah, the uh come home to the flat tire. I have to borrow a floor jack. Things in the air, and there's hydraulic fluid leaking out of the jack. <laughs> <laughs> and all I have is uh, this vision of me taking off that tire and the whole car just coming down <laughs> and landing on the fucking brake rotor <laughs> and shattering it. And then Carrie coming out looking at me and saying, What the fuck? <laughs> so I pause for a moment. You think about this long and hard. I have floor stands, but the Volkswagen's not quite high enough, and they have these weird, like, they don't have a straight axle like a truck does or kind of yeah. pivoted. And the, the floor stands aren't going to get under there. So I saw, I said, I got two decisions of what I can do. I could put these lugs back on here and lower this motherfucker to the ground and throw my hands in the air, or I can risk it. I can risk it all. I can wiggle this Risking fucking it. car, get this tire to pop off the rim, get the other one up. And by the way, fun fact for those of you who've never changed tires because young cats don't, American cars, domestic cars, if you will, we have what's called lugs, studs, coming out of the rotor. Five, four, well, not four, five or six or eight, depending on if you have a a car, or truck, or four-wheel drive. And those are kind of nice. You just lift the tire up, you line up the holes, and you slide them on the lugs, and then you use the lug nuts. German cars don't have that. They have holes in the hub, and you take the lug bolt and screw it on. So you have to put the tire up on the little ring, line it up. So I'm, I'm calculating all this. Like, I got to <laughs> wiggle this thing off, Shake the car, because it's... Actually, I had to go release the emergency brake, because I had emergency brakes on. Once I release the emergency brake, I could spin it. And, and like as I'm watching, I'm like watching the 
<laughs> the jack. I finally break the some bitch loose, but now I have to put the new one up on the ring and then align it and then try to screw. And then the easiest way to do that is put your two feet under the tire and hold it up. But now I'm running the risk of a collapsing car jack and breaking my fucking ankles. But I, I went with it, put them in, lowered it down. Boy, that, uh, that spare looks a little low on pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <sighs> got up the next morning drove the car two miles to the gas station extra mile and a half the maximum air pressure on the donut is 60 psi this is a 2018 jetta the tires never been taken out of the trunk I was rolling on a solid 10 pounds of pressure on this fucking oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so I aired it up Made a phone call and got carried to the shop and got some new tires put on. So not only do I have to pay another deductible, Mm -hmm. but we had to buy two new tires. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is, out of all this, when we were going to trade the Volkswagen when the lease was up, we had to buy two front tires where they want to ding us and make us pay Volkswagen tire prices. Yeah, fuck that. Even Even the technicians like, go buy the two cheapest fucking tires you can, put them on here, because... We're going to put all new tires on it before we resell it anyhow. Right. That's just kind of the rub. You have to have legal tread when you turn it in. Yeah. So my buddy owns a mechanic shop. He got me the two world's cheapest tires. We took the car and traded in. They had no cars on the lot because of the chip shortage. And uh, we ended up buying out the lease, cutting our car payment in half. But now we got a car with mismatched tires. <laughs> so the rear tires were due to be replaced. And Carrie's been trying to get me to get new tires for like two weeks. And I told her, I said, well, the good thing we didn't do it because then you would have a brand new tire with a nail on the sidewall. Yes. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, the tire's not flat because it's old. The tire's flat because you had a three-inch lanai screen screw through it. <laughs> I said, if I would have put new tires on there three weeks ago, it would not have changed our direction of transportation yesterday when we went to the water park, yada, yada, yada. So we would have went to the same places, had the same screw ended up on one of your new tires. But I'm just like... If this fucking jack collapses and this car comes plummeting <laughs> to the ground, I'm done. I completely give up because I've That's done it. nothing to deserve this. The, the hands go up. The tools go flying. I'm fucking done. I'm going to bed. <laughs> not even my jack. It's like, I'm just thinking, it's not even my jack. We we call that fucked by the green weenie again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> can I just catch a break? This is just <laughs> effing insane. You, you you definitely got me beat. I mean, that's you've been dealing with some shit for and and your and that shit's compounds been on top of all the other shit I've been dealing with. Yeah. And and your was, shit's been ongoing for like the past 2 to 3 months. So when I was driving at, back at from, least when I was driving back from Zach's house after getting the jack on my way to get cat litter, I said, fuck it, I'm getting me a Starbucks. <laughs> but I'm tired. I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated because, after all, the universe is out to get me. And I pulled into Starbucks. Closed it. No. Oh. This particular Starbucks, that's weird. There's two Starbuckses that I visit in the morning. I think you and I have talked about this. The one that I visit all the time is chocked full with the full rainbow of the LGBT community. Yes. The other one looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch store. Just a bunch of straight white folk in sweaters and t-shirts. The young 
person who has them, they pronouns on their name tag, who is a <laughs> very nice person. I talk to you all the time. After all the shit I've been going through between life and then the universe and the cars, the only person that I, out all the people I communicate with to ask me how I'm doing <laughs> was the transsexual Starbucks barista. Starbucks barista <laughs> said to me, how are you doing? And I said, you don't want to know. And you know what they <laughs> said to me? What? Do you want to talk about it? Get the fuck out of here. I said, you don't want to pull that ripcord. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. I said, that means the world to me that you actually care. I said, I'll give you the brief cliff notes, but you don't have time to get on this rabbit hole. But I was so frazzled. I'm like, that meant the world to me that that one person actually gave a shit, was interested in what was bothering me. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It was so nice actually actually have somebody say, How are you doing, fella? <laughs> well, it's kinda like it's kinda like a breath of fresh air. Uh, Just, uh. Because as the dude, as yeah. the fam the head of the family, your job is to take on all the responsibilities and grin and bear it. Take on all the stress of life and make everybody else feel better and grin and bear it. But you've been doing all this and then all these cars fall on you and then people not showing up. Just to have somebody say, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I needed that. But, Outstanding. But you don't need to hear the shit show. And not, at the end of the unpacking. day, at the end of the day, not all that serious stuff, even though we've been talking about it for 45 minutes on the podcast. But it's just one of those, it's just one of those things we can all relate to. It's just like, why is everybody out to get me? Yeah. But it's even harder to understand when it's truly a situation that you've caused none of it. It wasn't a result of making bad life choices, associating yeah. with the wrong people. Yeah. It's just, I was at work. I went and got my truck, <laughs> then got window and then there's a flat tire and then there's a leaky jack. It just, I, I and then there's broken ankles. <laughs> the potential for broken ankles, yes. It's just like, oh. You can't win. No. But things are turning around. Gotta. Are you sure? No. <laughs> no, they said have my you, truck. Have you, have you caught any fish lately? <laughs> caught two dinks. Carrie blew up her pole, so being the nice chivalrous guy I am, I hand her my pole. My worm pole, and then she goes catches the biggest fish of the night. And that's the icing on the cake. Oh, and all this whole time this is going on, I'm still fighting with the rudder from my kayak, trying to get that goddamn thing fixed. <laughs> uh, it's just like, cut me a break. Can I get one win? <laughs> Let me get a win, please. But no. The world says fuck you, D Train. I saw this I saw this perfect quote. I, I it was right on that same day. I saved it. It was on TikTok, but it was something like you could be minding your own business, doing everything you're required to do in life, and the world will still bend over and fuck you in the ass. I'm like, ain't yeah. that the truth? Yep. No lube, no reach around. So 
the insurance company called me today. Oh. Asked if I had heard back from the people who were fixing my truck. I said, not yet. And uh, she's like, you don't think they're going to pay for your windshield, do you? I said, I doubt. It's not their fault. I said, but I'm holding out hope because they said that when I dropped my truck off on Monday that if they could get that door trim, they should have my truck done by Tuesday, and it's now Wednesday. I said, I'm I'm kind of crossing my fingers, not calling them, hoping maybe they're like, you know what? We fucked this guy's truck up pretty good. Let's do him a solid because, you know, that $459 windshield, that's retail. I'm sure they get it at a buck fifty. So I'm hoping, praying maybe I'll get the thing back and they'll they, they, they'll eat the cost of that, but I'm not holding my breath. But I told her, I said, look, I, I said, it, I said, I will have to put a pen in this. I said, I don't have another $500 to pay for this fucking windshield. I just, uh, so yeah. That's why they say roll with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> they also say God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And I've been handling a lot, but then that happened. I'm just like, okay, enough. Enough already. <laughs> I don't need this. Oh my God. Just enough. God, it has been a real emotional roller coaster tonight. I, I guess. More of a carnival ride. Didn't have as many ups and downs as like a full blown roller coaster. But I do got to go back after we're done and record the first 45 minutes of the show because for some reason <laughs> it wasn't recording. I've only had 20 minutes worth of the show here. So, um, are you fucking kidding? No, me? but the good news is, is once it saves the YouTube, I'll just start the video on my computer and hit record. And then when I get to the same moment, I'll cut it off. And so then it'll just, it'll get a lot cleaner for those after 45 minutes. The audio will get real clean. It's just, <laughs> I just can't win. You need a vacation. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, Brandon Lee said in The Crow, it can't rain all the time. Yep. I forget the next line of that song. Sky won't fall forever. Is that what it is? I have. I actually have the CD burnt on my hard drive. I, I have the Crow soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a little update because it kind of it kind of rolls into the the same temperature of this, and then we'll we'll call this episode done. What is with the mindset? I mean, there's always been protesters. There's always been people fighting for a cause because I mean, every generation, everybody needs something to rebel against, right? Sure. That's why the old hippie movement in the 60s said don't trust anybody over the age of 30 because everybody under the age of 30 has no life experience and they're easy to brainwash. Sure. But we've gotten to this new level now where people feel that it's their right that when they protest, not only to do property damage, but to do high-end irreplaceable property damage. Mm-hmm. And then they're surprised <laughs> when things don't go their way. There's been a scourge of these environmentalist protesters out through Europe and <clears throat> that side of the 
the the globe. And apparently, uh, one of the bigger groups has given themselves the cute name of the last generation. Because they think the whole world's going to come to an end. Vatican courts order climate protesters to pay $30,000 in damages for gluing their hands to a priceless statue. So we've done stories where they went and glued their hands in it. Was it Porsche? And they just shut the lights off, said, see you tomorrow. <laughs> and then they got upset because they're stuck in the Porsche museum glued to the floor because the Porsche people didn't follow suit and call them ambulances like everybody else does to get them pried off. The Vatican court convicted two environmental activists for aggravated damage Monday and ordered them to pay more than 28,000 euros, that's 30,000 United States cash, in restitution after they glued their hands to the base of an ancient statue in the Vatican Museum in a protest to draw attention to climate change. What is the thought process there? I can kind of understand if you're wanting to protest climate change, gluing your hand to cars or around cars in an automobile museum because you can make the direct correlation between greenhouse gases and cars. Sure. But how do you make that correlation between man-made global warming and a statue that was made in the first century B.C. <laughs> You're protesting environmental damage by gluing yourself to statues that were around almost as long as mankind and then placed in a museum with other artifacts to the point that when they have to remove your dumb ass from said statue, they have to use chemicals to break down the glue because they can't lop your hand off and let it just be an accoutrement to the statue, that that actually tends to cause damage to these statues. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the correlation between first century statues and global warming. There isn't one. The two members of the last generation environmental activation activist group, um, two Italian people, and then I'm going to try to slaughter to their names, also received nine months suspended sentence and were fined 1,620 euros apiece. The third activist on trial with them, another dude, was fined 120 euros. The trial stemmed from an August 18th protest in the Vatican Museum during which Italian guy A and Italian guy B glued their hands to the base of the Lacoon statue, one of the most important ancient works in the collection that believes to be dated from the first century BC. They hung up a banner reading, Last Generation, No Gas, No Carbon. I just, I don't, I don't get this sense of just entitlement amongst people. To the point where, you know, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Remember back when Obama was in office and we had this fad of taking down historical statues? Mm -hmm. And then I forget what city it was, but there was a protest and they wanted a statue taken down of a pro-war um, 
a one of the leaders in the desegregation progress of our country, meaning this person stood up for black rights, basically everything that people were tearing down statues for, because all oh, these guys are slave owners. This particular person was like key in moving our country away from slavery. And they're, they're just so caught up in the whirlwind and their message that they just find random statues without even researching who the person's about. This one's next. Oh, no, that's the guy. <laughs> that guy's on your side, stupid. And same thing. You're going to a, a museum that has ancient works. If anything, you should be like, this is reason why we need to protect our environment so that things like this and other things can be found and preserved and put on display, not let's destroy this so that we can protest gas and carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's, I don't know, it just makes no sense. I think it's, hey, look at me. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Adam Krola says all roads lead to narcissism. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that when it comes down to it is, is <clears throat> and, and you know, another offshoot of that would have to do with, um, you know, anarchy and things like that. But Anarchy! Anarchy! Damn it, Chip, don't <laughs> I, make me smack you! I think it's, I think it's, hey, look at me. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame, mm-hmm. as, as it's said. And, you know, if, if you think about, like, People are, I think people are pre-wired and programmed to be destructive. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. You know I think I mean? at a, I think at an early age when they're trying to rebel, and you kind of said something like anarchy. We think of anarchy yeah. symbols. We all drew anarchy symbols on our car, our books in elementary school, yeah. middle school. That and the S. We had no idea what anarchy meant. It reminds me, though, and you see this oftentimes fishing. Whenever you're out and about and you see a swastika painted on a sign or a wall or a pillar or a bridge, do you think there's a roaming band of Nazis running around your neighborhood? Nope. What do you think when you see a Nazi symbol spray painted on a wall? White supremacist skinheads. Nope. Not even that. It's more basic than that. What is it? 13-year-old white kids with spray paint. Going back to the desire to rebel, they don't know what the swastika stands for. They don't know the history behind it. They just know they have spray paint, and this symbol pisses people off. They don't know why it pisses people off. And so they spray paint the swastika, and they have a rough idea what anarchy means. Oh, it means no rules. We don't have to listen to our parents. And And so whenever I'm driving around and I see a, swastika or an anarchy symbol i don't think oh there's anarchists running around i gotta get home or oh there's white supremacists yeah no it's the fucking 13 year old neighbor boy found a can of spray paint and he's out wanting to rebel and that's where a majority of that shit comes from well sure and we just have this we have we we all have a healthy desire to rebel which usually comes out through one's choice of music and or style of clothing but then there's those people who just keep on going, take a little bit too far, whether you're Antifa or these environmentalist people who are gluing themselves to ancient statues, all in the name of what? Some nonsensical thing? Well, they're, they're fighting for the save of the planet. Well, the problem with that is you can go back and look at newspapers going back to the last 
150 years, every 10 years, there's a new headline about global warming or global cooling. <clears throat> yeah. It's just repetitive. It's just a repetitive mm-hmm. news cycle. Now, if we yeah, want to have I mean, a discussion about man-made pollution, absolutely. We can talk about that. I see it every time I go out kayaking. Sure. It, that's out there. But By the way, did you hear the story about the uh, Porter Johns? No. What's the update on those? It's not happening anytime soon. Well, I saw some of them have been pulled out of mine. Some of them have. Some, some of them have, and I don't think that that's anything to do with the city. Um. There was a, a news story on, I think it was either this morning or maybe yesterday, that um, the city is still in talks about it. With FEMA? Because when I asked the mayor during the election campaign, he was out glad-handing people at the line. I wasn't going to vote for him. And I tried to back him in a corner about the Port of John. So, well, and I asked him, well, who's paying for that? And FEMA is. Yeah. Well, the I guess the idea was is that they were going to... And this is just, you know, not it's not a direct quote, but it, supposedly they're going to go and do the saltwater systems first. And then they're going to go to the freshwater systems. But funding and all that shit, that's mm. all. They're waiting on all that shit. So instead of just going out and fucking scheduling it and doing it, and we're, you know, all the... That's that's what's aggravating about you know government agencies and shit like that to me is, you know there's a problem, and then when you fix it and then figure out the fucking logistics later. Or when somebody asks you how can we prevent this in the future, yeah, and I say maybe the portageon companies need to go pick up the portageons on any work site that has one of the four corners lined by a fucking canal and or body of water. I'm yeah. not saying you got to pick up every port of John, but if your work site has one side is bordered by water or within 20 feet of water, go pick that up. He said there's too many of them out there. He believes it's the construction company's job to strap them down. At which point I realized this guy's never worked a day in his life outside in Florida. Yeah. How do you strap them down? Can't drive rebar into the ground because it's all sand. The shit's going to pull right up. Are they supposed to drill holes in the concrete slabs that the jobs are working on? No. These things are plastic shells riveted together. Have the damn honey wagons come pick them up if there's, you know, the day, two days before if there's a hurricane. I and I can tell them, you guys, cool. you want us to pick up our trash cans and clean up our yards? Yeah. Remove the missiles? Well, and and my only... The only thing that I'll give them, you know, with that is... You know, if nothing else, if you know there's a storm coming, have them clean it and push it into the garage yeah. on the construction site. If yeah, if, if nothing else, at least get it out of the fucking windstream. Yep. But, you know, yeah. but that's that's too easy. Yeah, that's too fucking easy. And you know, God forbid, you know, some of these people around here spend money. To actually pay somebody to fucking you know go over there and push the fucking thing into the garage. Yeah. Nope, that's it's, no, it's it's not in the budget. And speaking of pushing so. things in the garage, we want to push you guys out onto the internet. Make sure you head over to youtube.com, click on uh, look, search for Digital Four Ten Media or uh, D Four Ten Media or Digital Four Ten, and like, subscribe, watch our videos. And if you haven't done so, please head over to Patreon.com, sign up, or you can find that link through What's In Your Head.com as well. Um, tonight's kind of the 
little change up. We're going to get this thing fine-tuned um, and um, have some guests on and stuff. But uh, we're looking into the new phase of the What's Your Head podcast. We want to thank everybody for your continued support. Like I said, Gordon will probably be back in three months or so. Uh, when he comes back, we'll still continue the new format of the show. And uh, we're going to sort this thing out and uh, bigger, better things to come. And for myself and Mike, we will all talk to you next week because i got to go back and record the first 45 minutes of the show because, well, the universe is out to get me. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 